did you like that? That took some practice. It's two hands. USA. Oh my goodness. What is that? <laughs> Jeff asked where my Chick-fil-A bag. How many people were here from the Chick-fil-A message last month? Just a couple people. All right. That's how that's how much you all remembered Chick-fil-A. I thought it was a good illustration. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Well, I have a good word today. <laughs> Sir, can you leave? We reserve the right. <laughs> oh, no. Just really quickly, um, do you know uh, what John the Baptist and Winnie the Pooh had in common? What was that? Yeah, you know what? It wasn't honey, necessarily. They both. Oh. Yeah. They both had the as their middle name. Thank John the Baptist, Winnie the Pooh. They both have the as a middle name. Oh, B, the, T-H. Does it make more sense now? Okay. I need to enunciate a little better. That's what my, that's what my dad says sometimes. <clears throat> All right. So that went over like a... A rat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Speaking of John, uh, John the Baptist, did you know uh, that he was the first one to recognize... Jesus for who he was and he was still in the womb speaking about children in the womb you know right now we have a pretty important thing going on uh, in the Supreme Court and I'm believing and I'm hopeful that this is one of the first things that's going to bring down this horrible atrocity that has plagued our nation So why don't you join with me right now? We're just going to pray just for God's favor and wisdom for the Supreme Court that they would do the right thing. So Lord, we just right now, we lift up the Supreme Court. Jesus, we ask forgiveness as a nation for allowing this horrible atrocity. Millions of children, Lord, being lost. Generations being lost. We thank you, Lord, that you are here and you're giving it an opportunity to rectify what has happened. So, Lord, right now, we just lift the Supreme Court up to you, Jesus. We pray for wisdom right now. We pray for a spirit of righteousness to come upon them, Lord, a spirit of conviction, Lord, that would come, that would invade their dreams, Lord. They would wake up. And, Lord, I pray that the word of the Lord and righteousness and justice would prevail through this, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that this is the first of many decisions that are going to come down to bring healing to this nation, Lord. So we thank you, Jesus, that you're here and you're doing that. Amen. 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 So just keep lifting them up as this trial, I don't know how long it's going. Maybe you guys know a little better, but it'll be spring, but that's a long time to intercede. So we're going to keep interceding. We're going to see this victory. Amen.
All right, so this last season, we've been talking about our significance and who we are in Christ and who we are um, as it relates to culture, as it relates to all the mountains being influenced, because I don't have to preach it necessarily again today, because we've been preaching it. Your significance, you are significant in Christ. Christ has an amazing work he wants to do through you and through me, and that's all very unique in how it's done and how it takes place. And we're trying to break down this secular and sacred wall that says all the significance is going to come from the leaders of this church gathering. But honestly, if our cities and our nations want to be one, it's going to have to be you and me doing our part in every single place we can do our part where God gives us grace and favor. Whether that's the business community, whether it's the arts, whether it's education, I'm not going to preach this again because we have been preaching it. But uh, I want, this is, so we have been talking about this. So this isn't a new message per se, that part of it. But sometimes, is it loud right here or is it just me? Yeah, it's fine. Is it good? Okay. Um, Sometimes there's, not sometimes, there's a process to this whole thing about us coming into the significance, coming into what the Lord has for us. And that, to me, is kind of the interesting part of the whole equation. I think we can all agree that, okay, some, some days we believe it, some days we don't, but with eyes of faith, we can believe that God wants to use us significantly. That's all well and good. We have these words over us. That's really cool. Okay, but how do we get from point A to wherever the point is that we need to get to? That, to me, is the challenging part of it all, because that's where all of the maybe contradictions come into play. That's where all of the question marks come into play, because as much as we have a desire to see these things happen in our lives, we have a desire to reach a certain area. How does that happen? And when it doesn't happen how we think it's going to happen, or when the delay happens we begin to start to doubt. And so to me, this is the part of the whole equation that is the most important for us to understand that there is a process. How many love process? Deneen loves, we got some process people back here. We love the words of encouragement and we love the fulfillment of those words. But how many know there's usually a pretty big dip before, and mountains, there's this like this before we get from here to here. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like and the different seasons of our journey that we have um, to get from point A to point B. So we do have contradictions, yes, but we do know the scripture, Romans 8, 28, says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's a promise. That isn't just like, hey, this is just for a few select few. This is for his children. This is a promise for you, and this is a promise for me, that we keep our eyes on him. He's working everything out for the good. Okay, so we can rest on that. That's a promise. We've seen his faithfulness to us. 
So I want to tell you, first and foremost, I don't care where you're at. I don't care how long you've been contending for something, or maybe you just don't know have any kind of vision for your life right now. You, there is no case, there's no person who's too, too far gone. There's no hopeless situation. There's no dream that's too dead. There's no contradiction that God cannot bring proper alignment to. So we have to always be found in this place of faith with him. Amen? That's first place. That's where we're going to start. You know, um, all throughout the Old Testament, there was hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah. And, um, and I'm going to tie this in today, because we're, we're talking, like I said, we've been talking about the significance, but we're also coming into a very beautiful season. We all love, how many love Christmas? I love Christmas so much. There's so many awesome things about it. I love, obviously, Jesus. I love the family part of Christmas. Everything about it's awesome. So we're coming into this season. As I was thinking about this season, I was reading uh, Matthew and the second chapter. And in that chapter, it mentions a few of these hundreds of prophecies about the Messiah. And what's interesting about these three prophecies is they all seem to contradict each other. I mean, you just look at them at face value and you're like, how can all three of those things actually work? It doesn't make any sense. And yet in one chapter, all three were fulfilled. So again, there is no place that you're at that God cannot bring proper order in. There is no case too far gone. So I want to encourage you guys to keep, keep on keeping on, all right? So we're going to explore what are those three prophecies. Obviously, there's a lot more, but today I just felt the Lord highlight these three things, and they, they represent, and we can glean from these three prophecies that were fulfilled through Jesus, and they represent different seasons of this process that we go through. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew 2. We're going to be there for a little while here and there. Am I talking too fast, Janine? I've been waiting to drink that for a while. I just couldn't stop. Really important stuff. Matthew 2, we're going to start with verses 4 through 6. Do I have to explain the... the um, the whole story about Jesus. Are we familiar with Jesus in this place? We know he was born. Um, praise, yeah, praise the Lord. He was born. <laughs> and his name was Jesus. No, it is. There's so many miraculous things about this story. Um, Mary and Joseph, they weren't married yet. Mary got pregnant, and uh, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she was pregnant with Jesus, and Joseph received a word from the Lord, a vision, or an encounter with an angel, and honestly, I think it probably would have taken that, because in that day, if you had a wife, or if you were betrothed to someone, you aren't married yet, and she got pregnant, and you know you weren't with her, uh, in that day, you're like, hey, I have nothing to do with you because that's my reputation on the line right there. And so 
It was this angel who came and talked to Joseph. So praise the Lord that Joseph listened to her. But it was, um, they, they had to go to Bethlehem to pay taxes. Uh, I think it was one, once a time a year or whatever. And uh, so they're on their way. And here we are. There was no place in the inn. And so that's the story of Jesus. He was born in a, well, in not the best circumstance. So I don't, know, I don't want to get into history right now. It was interesting. I read something about the whole stable thing. Um, and we don't have time for that, so I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> but it's a really cool thing to read about. Maybe we can talk about it someday over at coffee. Look it up. Lots of places to look it up. All right. Have I read this verse yet? Herod, call <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fourth... Verses four through six. Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. So this is a prophecy that was found in Micah 2, and obviously speaks of Jesus, and it speaks of him being born or coming from Bethlehem, and it also speaks about Jesus and who he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the ruler of Israel, and obviously this piqued the ears of the guy who was ruling Israel. He's like, hey, uh, I don't want this to happen. And so um, this, to me, this scripture represents the seasons in life, the season that there is a recognition, there was a recognition of who Jesus was in that moment. It was a prophetic word that spoke that says, this is where he was going to come from, and this is who he was going to be. And like you and me, we have these seasons of recognitions where we may get a prophetic word spoken over our lives, or we may read something in the Bible that just really speaks to us. The Lord's speaking to us about, we're talking with a friend's counseling us, or just a knowing that this is where the Lord wants me to be. And so there's, a, there's an initial recognition in our lives that gets us like hopeful, it gets our eyes and our vision above where it was, and we get excited for what the future is going to be. We get excited about what God wants to do through our lives. And so, just like this word, however, um, was over Jesus, it wasn't fulfilled immediately. So these words in our lives, they might be over specific assignments we have. They might be over specific locations that the Lord wants to bring us or, or people groups. Or maybe there's nothing real specific that was spoken of your life, but we still have these hope. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We speak these things over our lives because these are the word of God. This is who, we say, who says we are. 1 Peter 2.9, But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we read these scriptures, we have these prophetic words of our lives, or we know that the Lord is leading us a certain direction, and yet some days, some seasons, some weeks, some years, boy, it does not feel like that. I've been there. 
I think we've all been there in those seasons where, well, I know God's leading me here. I know that he wants this, but it's not happening yet. So we know that David in the Bible, his prophetic word about him being king was 15 years before he became king. That was a pretty long process for that thing to come to fruition. And even the scripture about Jesus, this prophecy happened hundreds of years before Jesus even came to the scene. And yet, even when he was born, he still had decades before this thing actually came into fruition. And so we know that we have these seasons, that we have the word of the Lord over our lives. It's the seasons of recognition, but we have to understand that we can't get bogged down if we don't see immediately what we know is going to happen. We need to continue to go on with faith. I know uh, a guy I was counseling a couple years ago, the Lord gave him a prophetic word about business. He wasn't in business at the time. He was just a salesman somewhere. And yet um, these these words came over him that he's going to have this business and it's going to be, you know, whatever, all this thing. But he got so bogged down on this word, he got like totally confused about where to go, how to do it, and kind of got shut down in some respects. Is it because this prophetic word was wrong? Was it because that um, he shouldn't have been listening to that prophetic word? No. But we have to understand that there is that process and we can't get bogged down again if we don't see. So there are certain things we can prepare ourselves for. And this is what I counseled this guy to do. It's like, so, okay, so you're not going to start a business right now, but what are some things you can start preparing yourself for? You have to understand how the business realm works, what kind of licensings you have to get. There's a lot of legwork before you go into business, before you even really care about what business it is. It's just general information. Are you going there? Are you preparing yourself? Well, no, I'm just waiting for the word of the Lord. What business? Well, there's a lot of preparation to be had in this season, but we don't want that preparation. We just want the fulfillment of that word immediately, right? So that's a season of recognition. It's an exciting season, but we also have understanding that's just the start of the process. The next season uh, is represented, let's turn to Matthew 2, 13 through 15. We know the wise men came. They actually came to Herod first and, and uh, was kind of, hey, I'm looking, we're looking for the king. And Herod's like, what king? I'm the king. Anyway, After the wise men were gone from seeing Jesus, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. And the angel said, stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. This represents a season of hiding. First of all, you know, this is found in Hosea 11, but again, this is that contradictory word at times. The first one says, hey, he's going to come from Bethlehem. This one said he's going to come from Egypt. So which is it? Well, it was both. The Lord sent Joseph and his family into a season of hiding. This is a season where Um, Herod came and he literally killed 
all the children that were around the age of Jesus. Just think about that. And yet God provided a way for the family to be taken out of that environment and saved in a season of hiding. And we go through these seasons of hiding as well. And they usually happen right after we get these awesome words over our lives. Like, oh, we get so excited. The Lord's called me to win this, the country of Cambodia. And then for the next 10 years, you have nothing to do with Cambodia. It's like, what is all that about? It's a season of hiding. The Lord is drawing you into a safe place where he can prepare us for the greater things. Now, I'm not saying all prophetic words happen this way. Obviously, some are immediate. But I would say more than not happen in a way where we get, these, get really excited, but then we have this moment in our lives where we can get not excited because there's nothing happened with that word. But we always have to maintain a place that the Lord is preparing our hearts. So there's a few observations about this place of safety or this place of refuge. The first one is this. God leads us to safety. He can lead us to this place, but we have to choose to go there. We can go kicking and screaming because we have our ideas of what things should look like or our ideas of how the timing of all this works. But I've found in my life, it's best not to fight God. And I think I'm not unique there. I think, I think uh, obviously, we can contend and we can keep pressing in for God to move and he wants us to dialogue with him. But listen, his timing is perfect. And he's providing a way for us to come and develop things inside of our lives. Proverbs 14, 12 It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. This is about that process. Sometimes we feel like this is that way, but it's going to end up in death. Proverbs 29, 18 says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. It's language there, when they don't have this prophetic vision ahead of them, if they don't have the Lord leading them, they will run wild. Or another, another way of saying it is they cast off all restraint. And the language there means the Lord lists his grace off of us in that moment that we decide to run away from him. And he's saying, okay, whatever happens, I'm going to let this thing happen. Do we want that? No. No, we don't want that. Because, uh, I, you know, been there, done that. Have the t-shirt. It's no fun. It's no good. The best is to follow the Lord's voice in those seasons. There was um, another thing about this. Sometimes we actually don't even realize we're going into a season of hiding with him. Sometimes we think like there's a next step around the corner and it's a step into the fulfillment of those words over our lives. And yet, it's just a continuation of the hiding, but it just looks a little different. Ooh. A couple of years ago, I stopped professionally doing what I was doing for decades, and I, I, and I stepped into a new season, 
And I was fully expectant of what God was going to do because of all these words over our life. And I was super excited, and I stepped into it, and I found that I'm entering to another type of hiding and resting in the Lord. And it was only a year after that transition, I was able to look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for this last year. I, was, I didn't realize how extremely exhausted I was in life. I was tired. I was physically, emotionally, I was spent. But I didn't realize it in the moment. What I realized was, I'm stepping into a new season. Let's go gung-ho, and I was ready to go. And the Lord says, no, that's not for you right now. You need another season of hiding and resting in me. God knows best, you guys. And I'm thankful for that. He doesn't want premature births. He doesn't want us to go out. He wants us to be most effective when he launches us out. Amen? The second thing, uh, observation about the season of hiding is provision accompanies God's direction. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so just like when Joseph took Mary and Jesus to Egypt, God told them to go immediately. They could have kind of started processing through this whole thing. And they're like, well, my business is here. My family is here. Uh, That doesn't make any sense to go to this foreign land. Plus, you know, the Lord saved Moses kind of out of the same circumstances. He can save the son of God, surely. He could have probably like, oh, I don't know. But what was interesting is what did the wise men bring to Jesus? A lot of really expensive stuff. It was worth a lot. And what was that for? Was it just to honor Jesus? Well, yes. Maybe that was the intent. But when the Lord told Joseph, get out of here immediately, did they need something for when they were gone? The Lord literally took men, had men take their camels all across, I don't know how many hundreds of miles, and set all this clump of provision right in front of them saying, here it is. And then God says, Joseph, there it is. Get out of here. So we know that God's provision was there for him. And his provision is there for us. So we can't worry in those seasons like, hey, you know, I thought it was going to work out this way and I thought the finances were going to work out that way. Are you being provided for? Yes. Trust in the Lord. Have faith in him. The last observation about being in this hidden place is this, I think we all understand, this is the place where he really develops the character in our lives. This is the place where he teaches us things. It's the place where we learn patience. This is where we learn the gifts of the Spirit come upon us and fills us and the character. His character is developed in us and he wants us to take advantage of these times in our lives where when we are thrust out, All these things are shored up in our lives. 
I love Psalms 31.20 says, you hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence from accusing tongues. Colossians 3, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Read Psalm 91. It's all about this season. It's all about who he is in us because as we come out of this season of hiding, he wants us to be prepared He wants us to be positioned correctly. And he wants us to be purposeful as we come out of this season. All right, the third prophetic word, really quickly, just a few more minutes here, that uh, was fulfilled in in Matthew 2. You can turn to verses 21 through 23. It says, Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, that guy, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee, for the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And this fulfilled what the prophets had said, he will be called a Nazarene. All right, so what is it? He's coming from Bethlehem, he's coming from Egypt, and he's coming from Nazareth. Again, this is the contradictory stuff that we may get that we don't understand how it's all going to come together, but it all comes together. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And I love that how, again, it all comes together in one chapter. But what this, what this verse represents for us, what we can glean is, and I'll explain why, but this is the season where we become rejected and despised. Can we all get a cheer for that one? Whoa, we love being rejected and we love being despised. It's one of, the, one of our favorite seasons we go through, right? Man, it's just so life-giving and, oh man, I just can't. I'm not going to say I can't wait for that because I don't want it to happen. If there, okay, so I think you'd be fooling yourself if you think you're going to go through life without being rejected. It happens, Unfortunately. This is that prophecy here that happened. Just a little backstory. They're not sure exactly where this prophetic word came from. There's three different popular opinions. The first one uh, was found in Isaiah 11.1. 1. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. That word branch would have in all, yeah, all, all no con, no Anyway, consonants, the way the Hebrew language there, it would have been N-Z-R, and in Aramaic, which is the language of the day, both um, Nazareth and branch would have pretty much sounded just the same. So this is one of the popular things of maybe this is what it meant. Another idea of what it meant was Matthew was actually quoting another prophecy that wasn't found in the Old Testament, but that's pretty hard to prove, and so... We're not going to go there. Another one that I actually kind of tend to go towards is this. Um, Matthew was using the word Nazarene in reference to a person who's despised and rejected. So during that day, both Galilee and Galilee was looked down upon. It's like, why do you want to go to Galilee? It's kind of the slums. And then Nazareth was the worst of Galilee. Yeah. 
So this is the worst of the worst place that Jesus was placed to grow up in. In fact, in 1 John 1, or in John 146, Nathaniel heard about what was happening with Jesus and all the miracles, and he used this term, can there anything good come out of Nazareth? Everyone looked down on this place, and so how could anyone look and see Jesus as anyone of authority because he came from the worst of the worst of the worst? We see another prophecy found in Psalms 22, 6 through 7, about the Messiah. And it says, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Jesus was not treated well. There were people who loved him, but left him. They loved, actually, let me, prep, let me say, they loved what he did for them. But they left him. There were people who left him when he started saying things that they didn't like or didn't agree with. They liked what Jesus could do for them, but they weren't willing to covenant with him regardless of what happens. And there are seasons in our lives, unfortunately, rejection is a part of human experience. We don't like it. It's happened. It's happened a lot. It hurts. And unfortunately, you you would hope that a lot of the church would be immune from this, but unfortunately, (laughs) we've been hurt a lot. And I'm sorry to say I've probably hurt people. Not because I wanted to, not because it was my intent, but no one's perfect. And so we know that there are times when we feel rejected. There are times that we get hurt. But this is what Jesus said about those times. John fifteen eighteen. if the world hates you, Know that it's hated me before it hated you. This is a really popular message in most churches today. Everyone loves to hear these messages of, of uh, going through trials and tribulations. This is a way to keep people in your church right here. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, you know, it's in the Bible a lot, not just the, like a little bit. It's in the Bible that we're going to go through difficult times. And if we don't talk about those difficult times, we're fooling ourselves. It's like, how do we deal with those difficult times? Okay, we, we accept that it's going to happen. Just like, like COVID. You just got to accept you're going to get it sometime. Just, how are you going to deal with it when you get it? <laughs> get prepared. All right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's, well, we shouldn't have gone there right now. Maybe... <laughs> Divine, divine help. Here's another encouraging scripture. Matthew 5, it says, Jesus, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice! Woo! 
and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. <laughs> oh. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> what does James, James 1 says, consider it all joy. Count it all joy. When you go through these times, because why? But there's an opportunity. There's, you don't have to go through the good process of going through these trials and tribulations. You can choose to resign and just sit back and just wallow and complain about all that. But there's an opportunity in these seasons. And that's what James 1 is talking about. Because these things develop the character in our lives that make us perfect and complete. This is what the Lord wants to do in our lives. The Lord is not coming by and says, this guy needs to go through a lot of persecution, so I'm going to put a lot of persecution on him. We got to get it out of our minds that the Lord is up there saying, okay, today he needs persecution, tomorrow I'll love him. That's not our God. We do not serve a bipolar God. He loves us 100% of the time, passionately. But he does see the things that happens to us because we all have a free will. And so people kick us sometimes. And he says, hey, there's something that can be learned. Number one, I love you. I'm going to come. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to comfort you. But there's something you can learn in this. There's always things that we can learn. There's always things that can be developed in our lives. And... Um, Today, we're going to leave off of that really encouraging word of being persecuted. <laughs> no, honestly, there's a couple of other seasons right after this that happened. There's not a lot written about Jesus between his birth and when he comes into his ministry. But right when he does start, there's two more seasons that I want to talk about here in a few weeks. And these, to me, are really the exciting seasons that we can like, woo. These other seasons, we understand we have to go through them, unfortunately. But the thing is, we need to just prepare ourselves, not be expectant of bad things, but know that when bad things happen, God can give us, God, not God can, God gives us grace for those seasons, and he gives us encouragement. Do you guys hear me today? Are you guys encouraged, even though I'm talking about persecution? Because the days are coming, the days are already here. You know, here in America, we didn't really understand what persecution really looks like. And to some degree, we're, we're getting a little bit of a taste of it. And we're like, this is not good. <laughs> we don't like this at all. It's like, try living in China for the last... <laughs> or try living in these other countries that are persecuted day in, day out. That doesn't mean we should succumb to what the government's doing to us because their government is for us and by us and we need to hold them to a accountable for what they're doing. All right? So I'm not saying just give in. Not at all by any stretch of the imagination. That's part of uh, the significance that God has placed on us to go and affect that culture to make it change. However, I will say this, persecution's coming, and I don't know how it's going to look or what it's going to look like, but the days that are coming, there's going to be a stark contrast between the glory of God and the world. And the world is going to continue to want to 
kick you when you're down and keep you down and keep your mouth shut because the, the world knows, the enemy knows when you open up your mouth, when you release the power of God into the atmosphere, it changes things and it shifts things. So are we going to succumb to that when trials and tribulations come? Or are we going to say no? No? No, I'm going to learn from this experience, but I'm not going to shut my mouth up. I'm going to keep declaring the word of God. Amen? All right, so let's stand up real quickly. I want to pray just a few things over us before we leave. This process is different for us all, and it looks different, and we're all in different places in that process. So the first thing I want to pray is, I want to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and give us a revelation of what season we're in in our lives. Because sometimes we can keep fighting against something when it's actually the Lord saying, hey, I'm drawing you into this season of safety and hiding and rest, because you still need it, even if you don't think you need it. Maybe there's a season that you're going through that you're just super excited. You're gung-ho about what the Lord wants. You're getting these prophetic words and you're expecting them for it to happen tomorrow. That's a good thing. Expect things to happen, but understand when they don't happen, don't get shut down. Ask the Lord, what can I still learn in this season? And maybe you are going through a season of being rejected, being kicked, being hurt. And the Lord today wants to come and he wants to comfort you. He wants to surround you with his arms. Say, I love you. I didn't do this to you, but I want to help you through this. And there are things that you can learn when you are down. I also want to pray today that you understand and you acknowledge that you are significant in Christ. Some of us are still fighting that. Some of us still don't believe it because we see ourselves day in, day out, and we see all the deficiencies. And we're like, how could God use me? How could God use a donkey like me? I want to pray that God's work would be accomplished in those hidden seasons that his character is developed in our life and that he would come and he would give us comfort in those seasons of rejection. So just hold out your hands just like you're going to receive something from the Holy Spirit. He's going to impart something into you today. He's going to give it to you with eyes of faith, with a belief. Jesus, thank you. You're good. And Lord, you, you want to give us good things. And so today, Lord, we, we come before you And we acknowledge that we need you. We desperately need you. We need more of your presence. We need more of awareness of who you are and your goodness. Lord, we need more of your character to be developed in our lives. Lord, we need you every step of every hour of every day. We need you. We are completely dependent on you. Lord, if there's ever a moment, Lord, we feel like we got to figure it out. We're trying to rely on ourselves. Lord, forgive us. Let us turn immediately back to you and say, Lord, I am 100% dependent on you. So Lord, I thank you. Even right now, Lord, you're coming 
and you're giving us what we need. First of all, Lord, I just pray for a revelation of what season we're in and so we can understand and we don't fight against, Lord, what you're leading us into. We don't try to kick down doors that aren't open because we think it's a good idea. But Lord, we're content to wait for that door to open when you open it up. So give us a revelation. What season am I in? Lord, give us a revelation, another belief, Lord, that we are significant, Lord, and you want to use me. Lord, you want to use, in fact, say that right now. Lord, I believe you want to use my life to extend your kingdom. Say it again. Lord, I believe that you want to use my life to extend your kingdom. One more time. Lord, I believe you want to use my life to extend your kingdom. Regardless of deficiencies, Lord, you still want to partner with us. And I thank you, Jesus, for that. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as we are, some of us are in this hidden season. I pray that your work, Lord, would be continued. Lord, your, your character would be developed in our lives. Lord, we, right now, we offer our lives, Lord. Come have your way in our lives. Let your character, let your goodness, Lord, fill us, prepare us. Lord, prepare us so when we are shot out, Lord, we have everything we need, every resource is aligned, everything, Lord, the perfect timing, because you have the perfect timing. And Lord, lastly, we just pray right now, Lord, we just speak comfort now in the name of Jesus over every heart and every soul that is in a state of being hurt, that is a state of being kicked down, that is a state of being rejected by others. We've been lied about. God, life hurts sometimes, but you see us. And right now you see us where we're at. Holy Spirit, this is one of your chief roles. We ask for comfort now in the name of Jesus. Come and comfort our hearts. Just breathe them in right now. Holy Spirit is here and he wants to do that work in your life. He wants to breathe hope. He wants to breathe life. He wants to breathe eyes to see and ears to hear. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work you're doing right now. So we receive it, Lord. Receive it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you guys receive it today? You guys receive it? This is a good season. This is a really good season. God is leading us into amazing things, and I'm excited for each and every one of us what he's doing. This is a room of world changers. This is a world of world. Uh, this is a room of world changers. Okay, this third one's gonna be really good. This is a room full of world changers. <laughs> And when Wednesday tells you you're not, kick Wednesday in the butt and say, I'm a world changer. <laughs> because we all feel it on Wednesday, maybe Thursday. I don't know, whatever day it is where you don't feel maybe Monday morning you have to get up and go to work. I don't like it. You are. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to keep reminding. And if you also surround yourself with people who are speaking that into you. If you have people who are speaking negativity into you, life's too short for negativity. Get friends who speak life into you. Amen? All right. Love you guys.